0: Hello and welcome to Edutalks, the educational innovation podcast at the University of Twente. Live from the campus studio, I'm your host Robin Vremmeloud and today we'll start up about entrepreneurship in a technical university. Let's play the saxophone. Before the University of Twente used the slogan, high-tech human touch, this little campus was known as the Entrepreneurial University in the Netherlands. An ambition statement that was confirmed by winning the title Most Entrepreneurial University four times in a row. But how do you inspire our technical students to become the next Steve Jobs? My guests today take on this exact challenge in UT modules like Innovation and Entrepreneurship and the Creative Technology Programme. Let's see if they can convert me in this episode to the next Zuckerberg, Please welcome to our little podcast Metaverse, Dr. Rainer Harms and Dr. Kasia Zalerska. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I can expect with, with innovation, entrepreneurship, you don't exactly, first of all, have a technical background. Is that correct? I don't. No. You don't. So how did you get affiliated with it then?
1: Um, I started uh, to get interested in the entrepreneurship topic at the University of Münster, so which is also one of our partners. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, a large, comprehensive university. And uh, at times, our students got interested in tech topics. We had an institute close by, Institute for Business and Chemistry, Professor Lecker, who was uh, interested in entrepreneurship topics uh, pretty early on. And the Institute for Business Informatics was close by as well who run a, a large annual business plan competition. So that's my first, uh, say, getting in touch with the entrepreneurship in the technology domain.
2: Hmm. You, Cassia Well, I did my PhD here at the university mm-hmm. um, in sociology of science. And uh, you know, I, I did it um, at a group that was busy with entrepreneurship, <laughs> entrepreneurship research, and also entrepreneurship in practice. So helping uh, people to start up their companies. hmm and I think that, you know, being uh, surrounded by entrepreneurs and by technology scientists who, uh, or scientists that not necessarily know about uh, entrepreneurship mm. uh, was something fascinating. Like how can you help people that are very much uh, into their technology, into their ideas to bring these ideas to the market? Yeah,
0: I, I, I can really get that. Like uh, in a technical university, it's a... Um, it's not most natural to always have entrepreneurship as a starting topic, but I can imagine that trying to inspire each other is very uh, ambitious because of that.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, at our university, everybody of course is, uh, is inspired by the companies that have started here Mm. and uh, they're growing and we have uh, incubators for students or for, uh, for scientists or for uh, people from the outside. Mm. Um, but I think that in a, at, at other universities, which don't have these kind of facilities, it is more difficult to um, inspire people or to, uh, I don't know, uh, to lure people into entrepreneurship or into the idea that they can start a company.
1: That's right. So I think you're talking about the ecosystem at the UT, uh, So, which is the, the group of all players involved in trying to get students enthusiastic, helping them to take the next step, maybe to the student incubator incubates, maybe then later as a company to novelty. And then if they grow outside uh, of the campus environment, I hope we keep them here and don't mm-hmm. lose them to the startup, but uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> That's that's great. And I think our role, uh, but yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, is to get students inspired in the first place so that they can enter this ecosystem.
0: Um, w- working with engineers, uh, what have you learned that over the years? What, what works and what doesn't with with these types of people?
1: Well, we're just trying to figure this out, right? <laughs> you know a bit more since you know both sides, the business administration mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. and the uh, engineering side. I have just started to to let's say get a feel for engineering side, but uh, yeah, that's uh,
2: you shouldn't give them too much theory. That you know you would usually uh, teach to business administration students. Mm-hmm. They hate theory or readings. Uh, they want to do stuff, especially at creative technology. Mm-hmm. Students just want to practice. Just want to go out there and show their beautiful installations or products. Or you know they want to share. Uh, their passion with the world.
1: I think that's a key word, passion, right? So uh, one of the starting points would be uh, to, to take students of where they're at. Mm-hmm. And one of the things where they're at is their passion with technology, right? And then the next is a passion for inventing, for example. The next step is passion for sharing in any way. Huh? So be it at Gokbot Festival uh, mm-hmm. or Makers Festivals or be it then in the idea of How can I make my tech accessible to the world, either for profit or not for profit? But I think starting with the passion is absolutely great. There might be another starting point, which is uh, with the student's professional identity journey, meaning that um, students come to the university also to to learn about what they might become when they graduate, what they want to be as a professional. And that could be also the, Entrepreneurial profession It could be any other. It could be that one, and helping students along that and a self-discovery journey is also a great starting point for uh, getting engineers interested.
0: So Just really playing to that passion, their the ambition, their their personal uh, talents, and from there now really getting practical in business. Really,
2: yeah, and I think what what we are trying to do at, at create is teach them. Entrepreneurial skills mm-hmm. or these entrepreneurial um, attitudes, rather than okay, you have a class, and after this class, you might start thinking about your uh, <laughs> company. Um, but it's like half of the students have not thought or will never think about starting their mm-hmm. own company. They don't want to. So. Um, what we are trying to do is to show them, okay, you have these entrepreneurial skills or you can learn, um, these skills and you can use them in any other context. So you can use them also at a company, at a large company for when you are working for somebody else. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and if you talk about the teaching activities that come along with that, trying to get the best out of a student, what really works in that sense then?
2: Um, what we are doing now is we try, um, we, we put students in the sort of experiment. In the experiment? Well, <laughs> sort of.
1: Like experience, I hope. Or are you <laughs> experimenting with them as well? Well, they well, are experimenting. We do, right? yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: True.
1: They're
0: like a guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> And we always try to to uh, explore different forms of education a very uh, standard form is based on this and yes you're right mm-hmm. experiential learning so uh, in in the sense of the lean startup um, so getting out of the building that's the key word there, mm-hmm. really confronting potential users customers with your ideas early on and refining shaping them might be something that some engineering students, but also some business students are not naturally inclined to do so, mm-hmm. share early, some strive for perfection, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the didactics, get them out to explore and expose themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And sometimes they, they just don't want to go outside <laughs> and they don't want to, uh, you know, be confronted, uh, with their idea or with opinions about their ideas. Um, yeah, that, that in early on they they learn that okay, this is what works in business, what 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 has worked for other people for other companies. So really sharing and testing your ideas early on, mm-hmm. um, and developing them maybe with the users or with the uh, with potential customers.
1: I think one of the main challenges there is that these processes also take time, take mm-hmm. time off their technical curriculum. That's what. Most of them came for it in the first place, and that's what most of the tech teachers are interested in as well. So trying to make space for entrepreneurship and helping also engineering educators to think about how they can develop the entrepreneurial mindset of students in a lower threshold way. That would be something of a challenge we're currently tackling with the 4TU CEE, so Center for Engineering Education, round of projects, and let's see how far we can go. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Interesting that you mentioned that it is, it takes time. Because this what also I experienced 10 weeks uh within a quartile is not enough to teach entrepreneurship. I think that w- ideally we would um ha- we would teach students entrepreneurial mindset, skills, um recognizing the value of their products or services uh or whatever they do. Um, throughout the curriculum, so not only in one course or one module, um, let's say during the second or third year, but early on when they work on a, uh, on a project and create something, create a product, create an installation, um, to help them recognize the value, um, could be societal, could be economical, whatever value they try to create and, and, um teach them how to make use of that, how to bring that to the people who might need it or who might want it.
1: And that's like, you talked about the skills line, right? That runs mm-hmm. throughout an entire education and that can be geared towards developing that entrepreneurial mindset. And I hope we get more people enthusiastic to to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
2: Yeah, you, you cannot teach people entrepreneurial skills within, you know, uh, several weeks.
1: It's it's not
0: a crash course. It's a sort of mindset. Uh, uh, and I think if I hear you saying that correctly, you, you need your students at that moment to be a bit vulnerable, to be able to to say like, this product isn't finished, but I'm pitching this idea at this point, uh, trying to be open for the sort of criticism that may be flooding open over you, like, oh, but this isn't finished. Trying to look past that and seeing, oh, but I actually have that that uh, golden egg to be uh, in best words.
2: Yeah, and, and what is even more confronting and more important is um, to realize that maybe their idea is not really for the uh, target group. Mm-hmm. Maybe the users or maybe people want to use their product, but they don't want to pay for it. Yeah, And I think that's very confronting.
1: Dealing with failure, also a thing that academics have to learn when the, the next rejection comes in of a paper, right? But I think that's part of the journey. And that's also why when we grade, we don't really grade on the product, but grade on the process and the personal development if,
0: And I, I imagine that uh, a lot of working together then is a part of a curriculum like that. Um, if you are going to do a crash course that they're going to work a lot together in setting up sort of model business at that point. Um, how do you facilitate that?
2: Um, the students work in, in groups mm-hmm. and uh, we mentor them or we, uh, we invite uh, people from the outside to either mentor uh, the students or Give examples. So uh, what I uh, I always love in my course that we have our alumni. So uh, I invite um, previous create, uh, creative technology students uh, that have started companies. They have the, their own companies to share their experience mm-hmm. and um, maybe you know their passion and and um, share that attitude and tell them yeah it's difficult uh, it's hard working. Um, process but you know if you if you love it if you want it then go for it go for
0: it yeah
1: at first I was critical of of bringing in uh, these type of guest speakers uh, because some of them tend to tell their their war stories right how cool <laughs> they were but there's much more behind mm. it so asha mentioned they bring their passion um they also show how the job would look like with the bright and the dark sides so help students for this identity development. So there's a lot to say for bringing in particularly alumni into our classroom.
0: Mm. Really trying to inspire and uh, the
1: yeah. community building. Once the inspiration is there, students get going by themselves anyways. Mm.
0: Well, we were just talking before recording this episode about uh, the, the study creative technology. I studied it myself and how the, the, the vibe and... The ambience is there in, in, in the smart speed lab here at the UT. Um, but getting to a sort of uh, topic related to this, this whole community building is very important then with entrepreneurship. But then we had a certain situation the past two years um, with lockdowns, online education. I can imagine that with, with such a topic, it might be extra difficult trying to get this started. How was that for you?
1: Good good question Was it not so that uh in the autumn we had to bit more on campus anyway so that students could meet up um
2: yeah, but two years ago, I was right in the middle of mm-hmm. my module mm-hmm. so when I was mm-hmm. teaching mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, and uh, we had to redesign our education within a week. Yeah. We were just before the students had just come with an idea they started. Um, developing their uh, business model and they had to test it. And how can you test with users or with uh, potential customers if you can't contact anybody, if you can't contact, for example, elderly people?
1: Mm. It's like this getting out of the building, of course, doesn't work if you can't get out of the building, right? Um, However, uh, we learned this, uh, let's say, uh, using multimedia for this type of customer user interactions became a necessity. Uh, Mm. There are tools for that. People become increasingly comfortable with them. Um, And if you want to reach some special type of customer, which is not in your neighborhood, you probably have to rely on these uh, multimedia sources anyway. So in kind of that sense, it broadened our spectrum as well. However, we do prefer the energy that's Mm. on campus.
0: But did that uh, change your curriculum in a permanent way then, Uh, the integration of multimedia?
2: I would say, yes, that, that it is, that more is possible. Yeah. The teaching online, I don't believe in, you know, in, in teaching, um, really all online only because mm. you, you lose, no, you lose the vibe, you lose the pure learning. Um, you, you lose, you know, the, um, the effect of when you are brainstorming with, with people, you lose, um, this atmosphere that, that is very creative. Because mm. you are sitting at home behind your computer. Uh, so that affected also the students. And of course, you know, they they were, let's say, um, less passionate about... Uh,
1: Those of us day. who have worked together for a long time, uh, you know, were able to just bridge that time. But for new groups to be formed, and that's what we're always trying to do, right? So mix national, international students uh, in different gender, different, uh, let's say, study backgrounds, if possible, in the Mm. minor, Um, then they have new groups. They don't know each other. And then that's, of course, very difficult to get the energy go.
2: Yeah. And then you cannot share also information between the groups. So you cannot share knowledge. Um, You know, only your group, the people that you're seeing on the screen. Mm. Although I have also a, a more positive example. Uh, of a masters uh, student, because I also teach um, in interaction technology mm-hmm. that the student was actually uh, well has started a company with uh, you know people from other parts of the world uh, that met on a vir- uh, on a virtual hackathon.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So you're talking about this truly born globals, right? And how Mm -hmm. that got facilitated and kickstarted by people getting more comfortable using multimedia during COVID? Indeed. Pretty cool. Okay.
2: So, so, you know, there were a lot of events organized only online because they couldn't be organized
1: Mm -hmm. in person
2: physically. Uh, And people who, you know, who don't have problems with working on their own uh, and only communicate via online media
1: some some like that yeah
0: yeah trying to get this integrated now in a longer term blended learning uh,
1: <laughs> i'm I'm, I'm curious about what the next step will be um so recently got inspirational uh, talk about the, the future of ai in education i haven't mm-hmm. thought this through yet but the idea is that many of our classes also the skills development from the content side is rather generic so it can be Potentially shared and automated in a way, which would free time for for teachers to stimulate the personal interaction and uh, help groups to you know do more together. What do you think? What's the limits of that? You look critical.
2: I do. Okay. Because I've I've seen students struggling yeah. with uh, any type of self-learning. Uh, you know, learning at home, mm-hmm. being at home and in front of a computer, losing uh, motivation, losing concentration and, and focus, um, especially I think at ours, uh, at, at creative technology, but also, you know, at other engineering programs, you really need hands-on experience. You need to be in a lab. You need to um, work with electronics uh, and not behind a computer, but with people, you need to be able to ask people, you know, okay, how do you do this? And well, I cannot, I don't know, I connected this this right. cable somewhere else. No, I, don't I don't think we disagree.
1: Away. I'm just thinking about ways on how mm-hmm. to free up teachers' time to facilitate the more hands-on interaction, uh, also in the lab, but also in team building, et cetera, from, from freeing know. us of the repetitive uh, tasks, such as lecturing, tutoring on some of the basic concepts.
2: Um, yeah, I, I still, I still believe, you know, in, in, in personal interactions, even if you have to repeat, if you do the routine, yes, you do sort of the same things every year, but with different people. So there are different problems, even though they're similar, that people have, you know, have different questions and, uh, th- there is some variety, at least for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's explore that further. That's interesting. I would love to. Yes. Yeah.
2: I would love to hear about
0: it. Yeah. It is, like um I know, said, it, but there's of course a certain skill in yeah the blended learning uh story in that sense that you can go fully online, but then it's no longer blended. Blended means it's offline and online combined. So there's always got to be a physical component, like learning uh, electronics uh, in the lab. Yeah, that's something you can probably do with an online simulator. But then if you put someone in front of a uh, wave generator, they'll be like, "Oh, well, what's this? Well, how do I use this? <laughs> so there's always this importance of um, getting these physical activities out, but especially for what you both mentioned with a with social cohesion aspect of it all. Uh, students working together, getting this uh, group-to-group thing going, peer feedback, all these things come together with physical activities way more than online, especially with what you mentioned with with online activities where... Uh, groups have to be formed online, it will always be awkward. It will yeah. always be awkward, like, oh, hi, yeah, I'm from Enschede uh, as well. Oh, yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're always trying to explore uh, innovations in education to mm-hmm. make the on campus, the physical time more meaningful uh, and that we kind of like outsource or delegate the uh, repetitive task uh, to and, uh, other circumstances. Mm-hmm.
0: And you mentioned um, just before recording that you also got into the studios for recording MOOCs, for instance. Are these also being used for this or is this from the 4 u
1: program? Well, we had a 4 u MOOC. We have our own university, at 20 MOOC. Mm-hmm. I must admit, we don't really use it that much in education. So maybe you I do. I do. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> I do. do. I do in a master's course. Okay. Especially. Um, well, so this year I I don't teach it anymore, but I did. Mm-hmm. I did use it as you know as a background information, so the students had to uh, watch a very short video uh, before they came to class. Yeah,
1: that's how I do it as well, right? So yeah. it's like bringing people up to speed on the same level, also those that come from different backgrounds, um, that's an easy way mm-hmm. to facilitate that. Uh, but integrating this in a truly flipped environment, right? So where they have to do some stuff at home and come prepared to class, I'm not sure if that always works.
2: I think you, you can do it with more mature students with smaller <laughs> classrooms. So okay. I think with master's, yeah, yeah. master's students would choose. Uh, self-selected. A, yeah, yeah, self-selected uh, course. Uh, yes. Okay. But not at, at the bachelor level.
0: Uh, it's always a bit of scaffolding. Like even if you want bachelor students to do that, you at least have to introduce them to a way of work and not just expect them. Uh, like you can't put a kid on a bike and expect them to just ride it instantly. They'll fall over. That's what bachelor students will do as well. They they'll fall off the bike. <laughs>
1: yeah, part of the learning experience. But we rather want them to to fail in customer interaction rather than fail at learning the basic components. Exactly. you disagree?
0: Disagree.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate on that?
2: Well, you mean fail uh, the customer. Yes, um, uh, to get going, experience about
1: trying over again uh, and pivoting, et cetera, I think that's more valuable uh, learning experience than yes. not understanding oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. definitions and concepts. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> very much relieved.
0: And it's now on recording <laughs> as well, so this is yes. what can use.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Cut it Maybe out. Maybe you can cut Kirsten it out. Says, yes.
1: I agree, right? And I can use it every time we have
2: some…
0: <laughs> like a soundboard <laughs> exactly. in every meeting.
1: I agree. I agree. Yes. <laughs> Uh, no, I just set it up the whole thing just for this. So.
0: <laughs> so, um, entrepreneurship then, um, in the last 10 years, our economic, economical uh, society has changed a lot, of course, and uh, COVID is uh, a, a part of that, but we've seen crowdfunding getting, uh, to attention, uh, sustainable, uh, sane- sustainability, getting a large focus, uh, digital markets, uh, cryptocurrencies—all these sort of things—all come together. So I must also imagine that in the whole topic of entrepreneurship, this also raises different questions from students. Does it? <laughs>
2: um. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think where to start hmm. yeah, because the crowdfunding uh, we've had two successful examples from coming from create. Mm-hmm. of crowdfunding, uh, campaigns. And actually, um, uh, interestingly, um, based on that or inspired, uh, by that, uh, especially by, um, uh, Arvidio, Pablo Trautwein, uh, his, um, his campaign, um, I started also teaching, uh, and about crowdfunding and how to make a crowdfunding campaign. Um, our students, also had to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they they practice, uh, they make videos, um, they they learn uh, different elements. Okay, what do you put in such a video? How do you set up the campaign? Uh, The whole, you know, marketing process. Um, So that part is definitely something that is very popular. And I think the students enjoy it because Mm -hmm. they see that, okay, this is um, an interesting way of, Uh, getting funding for your company, but also maybe seems sort of easier because you are not depending on venture capitalists. You are not also, you're not giving up your shares of your company. Um, and for, um, for engineers, I think that's especially for, um, you know, creative people, Mm -hmm. independent young people, the new generation, they don't want that. They want to give up their shares.
1: Um, And they shouldn't. But uh, uh, you raise an interesting uh, point as well. Uh, It's uh, the idea of sustainability that comes back a lot and what the students ask from us Mm -hmm. in terms of topics, in terms of suggestions, guidance, etc. And I think there's like dark and bright sides uh, about this. So the bright side is, of course, relating back to the passion. If, If that's where the passion with people is, that's probably the entry to... Uh, an entrepreneurial journey for them. Uh, That's uh, absolutely positive. Kind of like the dark side of, it it might be that those who are very passionate about creating value for others might tend to forget where uh, all the money and funds come from to realize their dreams. And then I say, "Hey, Mm -hmm. great uh, crowdfunding. Explore other sources. Yes, you can have paying customers. Yes, you can have enthusiastic investors, but uh, don't rely on, governments or don't even think about it that's that might be the worst just chasing dreams without any economic uh, foundation might might be a waste of time yeah
2: um i agree unfortunately
1: <laughs> i agree yes yeah. <laughs> here we go again yeah yep <laughs>
0: Yeah, but yeah, in terms of economics, these are also uncertain times, like, uh, of course. And in trying to get students um, enthusiastic about entrepreneurship, with all the interest rates and all going up, how's that then? Uh, to try and inspire them, is it for, like still follow your dreams and go for it? Or is also a word of caution in that?
1: I think what remains is that uh, at study times or right after, it, it remains the best time for starting because. Uh, People tend not to have financial or family commitments, Mm -hmm. so they are independent in choosing their path. You can also see the time of engaging in entrepreneurship as an investment in your future skill set for real, becoming very attractive for future employers, Mm -hmm. uh, learning a lot about yourself in the way, so there's a lot to say about it, irrespective of the current situation maybe we as educators might have to motivate students a bit more because in times of uncertainty, it's just only natural to seek for certainty. And that might be at least uh, on, on the, on the surface, uh, the paid dependent employment.
2: On the other hand, uh, you know, it takes a while to, to start a company. So, um, you know, when they are ready, it could be that the crisis is over mm-hmm. and uh, they can, mm. you know. Yeah, of course. They can I, do very well. Yeah, what, exactly. I, I give
1: you one. I agree.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one. <laughs> so, um, I, I wouldn't be that worried about it. And as Rainer said, it's the best time to, uh, you know, they have no commitments.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, okay, they might have studied that, but, you know. That's the only thing that they have to think about now. And um, uh, no kids, no, no yet a mortgage. So they, they can be free and they can work from wherever we, uh, they want. We are talking about digital nomads uh, now, right? You, mm. you can basically work um, from any place in the world. You can be close to your suppliers, for example, or you can travel and work with uh, people from uh, another another country or another part of the world uh, easily.
1: Plus, let's not forget that crises are sometimes the trigger for great innovations, great entrepreneurial actions. So Mm -hmm. let's see what comes out here.
2: Yeah, especially for uh, responsible entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, I think so. So many are under pressure now to reduce uh, the use of energy. Uh, Who comes with the solutions? Probably entrepreneurial engineers.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm Indeed. Yeah. Especially fighting fighting the climate uh, change and uh, well, I think that, that there is enough of uh, critical mass now uh, yeah, to you, you push. Can, you people. can
1: like either glue yourself to the street or actually invent something and uh, yeah,
2: Do something <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes.
0: yeah. So uh, rounding off, what, what just one tip you'll uh, try to give with uh, teaching entrepreneurship in the, in the engineering programs? What's your tip? You may each give one.
2: For the students or uh, educators?
0: For educators.
2: For educators, I would say um, take the students as a starting point and listen to them. What is important for uh, for them? And from from that starting point, start you know bringing your passion to it. And if you engage with the students and you will find uh, a connection, mm-hmm. um, I think that the learning uh, will be much better.
0: They will be open to it. Yes, they will
2: be open and they will accept your ideas if you give them um, examples from their life. Hmm. Uh,
1: I take a teacher's perspective, uh, would say uh, remain curious and network, learn from uh, teachers of the engineering side or they learn from teachers of the business administration side on how to best energize students and uh, then we can uh, continue to build a a close ecosystem here.
0: Thank you very much. And uh, both of you for joining me on this podcast.
2: Thank you for having us. It was was a pleasure.
0: Mm. And then uh, for those at home listening or wherever you are, thank you for listening. This podcast was produced by the video team of the University of Twente. If you want to consult in your own education or check out the latest education innovation, you can check out the teams I work at, which are the Center of Expertise in Learning and Teaching, better known as CELT, and the team Technology Enhanced Learning and Teaching, also known as TELT. If you want to be part of an episode or have any other comments, Feel free to reach out to us, you can reach us at edutalk at u20.nl and until the next time, I wish you a very good day.